Welcome to Fueled to Thrive. This is a podcast all about running, nutrition, and motherhood. I'm so glad you've come today to tune in. Today, we have a great woman on the podcast. Her name is Kate Barrett. Kate is an Olympic trials qualifier for the marathon in 2020. And she's also a mom of one sweet girl and another baby to come. Today, we're talking all about her journey from running to motherhood and also some of the obstacles she faced through her birth story. I think it's so important to remember that not every birth story is perfect, but it's good to share and remind ourselves that community and coming together with others is so beneficial for our mental health and emotional health. So I hope you enjoy hearing Kate chat today and just our conversation around motherhood and birth and that you benefit from it. Hey, Kate, so excited to have you here on Fuel to Thrive. I'm so glad you're here. For those of you who don't know, Kate ran in the 2020 Olympic trials. We met through Wazelle and she is a mother. She is actually currently pregnant with her second baby. And we are just here to talk about running and motherhood and all the ins and outs today. So Kate, thanks for being here. Hey, Joe, it's great to see you and thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background, Kate, like what you do for a living. Tell us a little bit more about your running background and all of that. For sure. Yeah. So I work at Adobe and I'm a cloud solution consultant currently at work on my lunch break right now, I (laughs) guess. So feeling very work-like. So uh, yeah, I work for uh, the experience cloud. It's not the creative cloud, those uh, Photoshop and products you might know, but they're more business marketing tools. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing this for a little less than a year. And then um, outside of work, I am a, yeah, a runner and a mother. So I've been running for, oh gosh, like, I guess, if, depending how you want to count it, it could say like 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would say competitively since I was in high school okay. and I ran track in college at Baylor University and then did some post-collegiate running out in Austin, where I'm from. And then I transitioned, uh, got inspired, transitioned to the marathon. And like Joe said, ran in the 2020 Olympic marathon trials with her and a bunch of other Wazelle athletes. So that was all right before the pandemic. And thankfully, um, I am really happy I finished that race because (laughs) I didn't, I didn't have a good one. I ran just over three hours. But yeah, but it was rough for many. Yes. I, mean, I mean, it was rough for everybody. Every marathon is tough, but that one was really it was, challenging it was. Um, with the hills and the wind. Um, but right after that, I was a little bit salty about, you know, my performance. I was unhappy with how it went. And it was also pandemic. Things were starting to shut down. So and rough. I was like, you know, I had thought that I would maybe, you know, take another year of running and then start trying to have kids. Yeah. Um, but pandemic actually moved our timeline up Makes sense. Uh, because we were, we were like, we're kind of not doing anything anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lucky for me, I know this is not the case for everybody. I was able to get pregnant pretty quickly uh, with my first and she was yeah. born in January of 2021. Yeah. That's so sweet. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, so I know we've talked several times about this, but what was that, you know, especially now it's going to be, I'm so curious to hear like the thoughts, like second pregnancy, how things are going, Mm, but what was that transition? Like, you know, going from, I'm used to running all these miles, being active, competitive to now being pregnant, growing a baby. And how did that kind of like fit into your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was challenging. Um, 
I think the pandemic helped a little bit yeah, because there was less going on. All these races were canceled. If yeah. I had not had the pandemic and everybody else stuck at home, I think I would have struggled a lot more with yeah. the fear of missing out. Yeah. But um, the first trimester of my pregnancy, I was fortunate to not experience many typical like nausea or any, awesome. I was a little bit tired, but, um, I was running with one of my friends who had also done the marathon trials and her son at the time was probably like six or eight months old by this okay. point. So Damn. pretty little baby. She had made a, um, a really amazing, I don't know about recovery. Cause I mean, it's not, she was in top form, but she, yeah, she was, she was pulling me through the hill. Yeah. 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 Um, so we were running together after we were each other's little you know, COVID run yeah. buddies. Um, so I did a lot of running that first trimester. It was like 50 miles a week. Like nice. probably went too hard. Um, yeah. because it was a rapid drop off <laughs> after that. I think I got like a back injury in my second okay. trimester. The summer in Austin, I was able to rehab it a little bit by then. It was like I came back and I was like a little run walking. Yeah. Yeah. Things did not click well. Um, so I held on to run walking. Probably I was doing like one or two runs a week yeah. until. I think 32 weeks was my last okay. attempted run. And at that point I was having like pelvic pain, yeah. um, which now if I had known what I know now, I think I could have gotten a little bit more out of myself with going to yeah. pelvic PT. Yeah. Just to, yeah. not that you have to push through, but if you like yeah. running, like they can help you with um, pelvic floor related symptoms, yeah. which is what yeah. I was experiencing, but that was okay. I made it, you know, pretty far and switched yeah. to walking and was able to do that without pain. So yeah. Um, and that wasn't too bad because I knew that, um, pregnancy would be a handicap to yeah, running. So that was, totally. that was acceptable. I, I didn't have aspirations. Like, you know, I had a friend, another friend who had run a marathon every trimester of her pregnancy. Oh my there's like a, gosh. There's a runner's world article out there about it somewhere. Um, oh my gosh. Kristen, she, she's a, I mean, you know, this is the thing is as runners, we just, I feel like we know too many exemplary yes. aspects. Yes. Like, um, so that was, I didn't have those aspirations. I just wanted yeah. to be able to enjoy movement. And I did yeah. for the most part, but it's, it, you know, it's always it just sucks having to slow down yeah, and feeling, totally. feeling weaker when we're used to yeah. building strength yep. and getting stronger. So that was, um, that was you know, tough, but not unexpected. Yeah. And then yeah. I think the problem is for a runner. Um, I didn't really know a lot of stories from runner moms yeah were it's almost like they it's like they go away on a vacation or something you don't yeah. hear from them right? they'll pop they'll pop onto Instagram with some bump photos and then yep. you know the baby is born and then it just you just kind of don't know what happens after that until yeah. then maybe it's their first run back and then they're building miles yeah. and it's this upward trajectory that yeah. I would expect um but I don't think I had a good idea of how long that would take, yeah. um, you know, what would be typical. I don't know if there is what's something yeah. that's typical. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like I was like out there wandering the wilderness or something yeah. by myself for the next year. Yeah. And that was like, what was really difficult. I felt like I was out on that Island when you don't really hear from the people. Cause they're not, they're not doing well with running. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Not feeling yeah. Good. It's, it's hard. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's where that next that next year was spent and I really didn't yeah. feel better until I, um, it was about 13 months postpartum. So okay. coincided with getting pregnant again. Yeah. Um, but it was just the moment my daughter had been sleeping basically through the night since she was eight months old, okay. but 
she would wake up at like 5.30 a.m. for um, a snooze feed, yeah. a little for snooze, snooze button feed. Yeah. So I would nurse her and then we would both go back to bed to like 7, yeah. 7.30. Yeah. Um, but I think that that was actually really impacting my ability to recover mm. oh, because I, I did not get healthy. I was dealing with the same repeat like calf, yeah. um, Achilles injuries mm. until um, she was about 13 months old and she yeah. completely stopped all night feeds and slept the entire night for 10 hours. Oh my gosh. And so, um, that was when I finally started, I felt like fine, everything else, like mentally, yeah. my, my work was fine and everything. But at that 13, 14 month mark is where I finally was like, Oh, okay. That like my injuries just cleared up. I mean, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, that's, that's amazing. Nice. Yeah. That's nice to know that yeah. that's what it took. Yeah. <laughs> so if I had known that I may have tried a little bit harder to drop that, that 5.00 AM, 5.30 AM. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't think it was affecting me that much. Yeah. So I yeah. Know. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's like my husband and I's like biggest concern is the sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. we're like, I like, man, sleep is power for me. Like if I sleep, Absolutely. it's so powerful, but it's like, it's a hard, yeah. Yeah. And so I know like a lot of moms, that's a challenge as an athlete. Like, how do you get enough sleep to like function and run, you know, and then also do everything else you have to do as a mom, like feed and work and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's a really interesting insight. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I'm, uh, I'm not treading any new paths when I say, <laughs> Oh, it's a challenge. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't say the sleep thing was also my main fear. Yeah. Um, and it was not as bad as I thought it would be that's because awesome. I think the first couple of weeks is like adrenaline and just like yeah. so hormones. <laughs> yeah. and like, it's so exciting. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I, okay. I also say Halid was decent. Uh, my daughter was decent yeah. at sleep. She would sleep even from the beginning, like a six hour, oh, that's awesome. maybe not, maybe four hours at least yeah. four to six hour stretches. Yeah. Um, which for, uh, some, some babies just don't do that. Some yeah. babies are like yeah. every two. Yep. Um, and so I never got to like zombie levels. Yeah. Tired. Yeah. Um, and then also it was different. It didn't feel like, like sometimes I would stay up too late, like for a work project or something. Yeah. Like stay like not getting sleep because baby is it's not that it's not the equivalent type of tired. interesting yeah 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 <laughs> so, um you do feel tired but it's yeah for me, it wasn't as bad yeah um as that kind of self inflicted tired yes. and then there would be things you know like when I was on maternity leave I would be in bed even though it would be interrupted I would like be laying in the bed yeah. for sometimes like nine ten hours yeah um that's awesome. with the baby, you know, yeah. nearby and just yeah. getting up. The nursing got pretty, the yeah. night nursing was pretty easy to, yeah. you know, just kind of doze through and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the husbands can help or the partners can yes. help um, if you're able to, yeah. get the baby to take a bottle sometimes totally. like that was also really helpful. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So kind of now you're expecting your second little one. Yes. Tell us <laughs> how you are transitioning and how this looks different. Cause I know, I hear this from every, every pregnancy is different. So yes. what have been some like good upsides to this one and like some things mm-hmm. that you feel like you learned from the first one to help you through mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I mentioned the pelvic floor PT yes. as a resource. Um, I haven't actually gone to see a pelvic floor physical therapist. I did start to have some of that very early on, um, yeah. some of that pain that I had had before, which for me, just kind of felt like, you know, there's a baby in your pelvis yes. slamming yeah. down on your bladder, yeah. <laughs> but I started to feel it really early this pregnancy, like yeah. first trimester. And I was like, that 
that cannot be, the baby is, you know, the size of a pea right now. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not, yeah. that's not the symptom <laughs> or that's not what's causing it. Yeah. And so I was able to um, just DM my old PT on Instagram Yes. <laughs> and she was, she was able to give me some quick tips. Um, yeah. And I felt, okay, I usually would not approach a professional on social media because, yeah, yeah. you know, like you need to be paying them for their time, yeah. but I knew I would go back to their practice and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in the in the future, I will go back for um, just the checkup before the baby's born even. But yeah. um, uh, anyway, she was able to give me just like some quick tips and that actually yeah. did help. Um, yeah. I think the pain I was having was actually related to like tension rather mm-hmm. than just yep. The, yep. the physical baby. Yeah. So anyway, um, once I got through that, um, running was pretty good. I actually had not been doing, I think I conceived early February. Okay. Um, second time mom being like <laughs> planning the pregnancy. <laughs> I, know the, I know the week. Um, yeah. Yep. So, um, I did not run. I don't think that whole month, I think I had like a somewhat of an injury I was coming off of. Okay. And then I had like a, a skin, like a mole removal procedure okay. that made me take two weeks off. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. so I started like ground zero yeah. March 1st or whatever, and already pregnant. And I built up to running again, up to like 15, 20 that. miles a week yeah. as a pregnant person. And for me, that is the most consistent that I had been since Helene was born wow. the year prior. Wow. So that's what was crazy to me is like, Oh, I can actually like build strength. And I, I mentioned to yeah. you that first pregnancy, the experience of just like the, the rapid handicapping yeah. of my yeah. ability, <laughs> coming from trials to being able to do nothing. Um, but this one, I started from nothing and I That's was able awesome. to get up to something. So awesome. that was something I was actually able to like really enjoy again. Yeah. And I got up to like a 10 mile long run, um, yeah. which was really good. Um, and then again, Okay. So it started getting hot and then, yep. <laughs> um, just the, I think I was having, I don't remember what specific symptom I might've been having like, Oh, I, I, I did like a take the bridge race. Oh, nice. And nice. I had a, so it, not having done speed work, um, you know, it, it, it had like an arch arch injury pain yeah. kind of thing mm. crop up. Yeah. So I stopped doing 10 mile long runs. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did seven, uh, last weekend, nice. and, you know, but I'm back, I'm back to run walking. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know, getting done when I can, but yep. I'm still calling it. I think my proportion of running is still more running than walking. Yes. So it's That's still nice. running for now. Yes. Yes. So, um, <laughs> the, the 10 milers were, those were like in May kind of okay. first trimester. That was, or maybe that might've been second. I can't remember. That was steady running, but yeah. I, I awesome. have lost the ability to steadily just like run without stopping. Yeah. That's yeah. probably not going to come it's back hard. to this pregnancy, it's but <laughs> We're still, we're still looking like we're doing the activity. Um, yeah. So it's still happening anyway. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so obviously, yeah, the consistency feels better. Um, I'm running further into the pregnancy yeah. with more consistency. I'm experiencing less pain. Um, I think the biggest thing though, mentally, is just that first pregnancy, the fear, knowing that that slowdown would probably occur. Yeah. yeah. Um, just waiting for the shoe to drop, uh, <laughs> this pregnancy. And also, you know, I was afraid of my body changing. Yeah. I knew yeah. of course that it needed to grow, yep. totally. but I didn't know what would happen after the baby was born. Yep. But I revert back to my old body. Yep. What ended up happening for me is I did not yeah. um, at all. I went up several sizes in clothes yeah. and I did not go back down to yeah. my pre-pregnancy yeah. size, not even close. And that uh, was kind of sobering <laughs> so this pregnancy it was much easier because I was yeah. like well I've already lost everything I was afraid yeah. of losing the yeah. first time yeah. we can only go up yeah. from here you know just 
hoping to hoping to keep function of yeah of being able to enjoy movement and yeah. um, the body changes I knew were coming and I really yeah. you know other than the I would say the discomfort of the unfamiliar yes the new body totally size, totally um, the actual size was not that troubling yeah like, I, yeah I bought new clothes and I liked being able I, I yeah. liked how they looked on my body yeah. and everything yeah so, um it wasn't that part wasn't like terrible it was just kind of like that's weird and surprising yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so now you know just growing another belly and yep. stuff clothes are the, the the waistbands you know they're just like it's like I love it it's just like just like pick your waist like yeah. well, you want to put this elastic waist you can you can have a high waist you can have a low waist yep, just, yep. it's not gonna <laughs> Whatever be feels best. <laughs> yeah my fantasy is to host a baby shower where nobody is allowed to wear like waist clothes yes (laughs) like everybody has to wear like empire waist dresses or or like low-rise pajama bottoms yes yes rompers (laughs) just like just like yeah overalls with with nothing at the waist that's Uh, my that's that's my my dream because you know these people be out here looking way too cute in their little high waist (laughs) denim short like I'm just like it's just not gonna happen yeah yeah (laughs) you're like sorry there's there's a belly here yeah yeah oh but that's so funny going okay I'm showing earlier which yeah. is funny yeah Ooh, super common so funny <laughs> it is it is um it's just so funny because first pregnancy the feelings of the body changing again are so intense yeah so you're so noticeable to yourself yeah yep. but then like now I'm like ha 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 I was like so like, <laughs> right I was barely showing what was that like I was that's I had, what like, I would do like yeah. ab ab muscles at 15 weeks and like yeah. that was like absolutely not I know that's what I look back on those pictures like I was yeah. showing and I was like oh my gosh no what are you talking yeah, yeah. about you were just I love so that it's like runner. even for your even for your current pregnancy yes. experiencing that I'm like you are crazy oh yeah, that's so funny it is you know it is amazing I, I don't want the, yeah. the body changes to be the first way that I report yeah. kind of yeah. like the experience of, of yeah. being pregnant like the yeah. You know, the, I guess it is the first thing that happens, or at yeah. least maybe the, I guess the first trimester, like fatigue and nausea yeah. is probably yeah. the first thing that happens. And bigger oh. boobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was really hard the first time because I, yeah, didn't, know, I didn't realize. I was like, why are my boobs hurting so much yeah. while I'm running? It was yeah. like so painful. <laughs> like, I'm not this time, the, this time, the perk of already having or kind of not going back down in yeah. size was I already had like the support bras yeah. like, locked yeah. and loaded. You're like, I'm um, good. So Wazel released their cuff and band size bras right after Helene was born. Okay. So okay. I've been running in those exclusively awesome. since she was born all yeah. through postpartum pregnancy. Like it's like, uh, I would not be able to run in a yeah. Wazel bra if it was not for those that they, yeah. that they made. Yeah. So That's I'm very awesome. thankful. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I know we've talked briefly, um, mm-hmm. you know, the first experience of giving birth for you has kind of triggered some changes for this one and also kind of left some traumatic, you know, I mean, birth is in and of itself a really big deal. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. easy for anyone, but I know for you in particular, it was kind of a traumatic experience. Um, would you be willing to kind of just share a little bit more about that and like why now you've decided to go a different route for your birthing process? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do think that was one downside of COVID. I did not um, engage very much with birth education. Mm, yeah, this is ultimately, yeah. you know, it's common for people who experience trauma to blame themselves. I'm not <laughs> saying it's all my fault. There were yes. other things at play. 
part of it though is I did not do I just didn't look for a lot of information yeah. about around yeah. birth and I think I am the kind of person who enjoys in-person instruction yeah yeah um, like at the gym like I, I yeah. prefer a class versus mm-hmm. looking on my own um so there's a chance that I would have done a better job of mentally preparing and educating yeah. myself if there were in-person classes offered yeah but I don't know I might not have done that either <laughs> And I think the reason for that is I felt the underlying reason I did not feel like embracing the, even though I wanted to be pregnant, um, Mm -hmm. plan the pregnancy, I just wasn't ready to lean into that side of my life yet. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, being pregnant is for me, it was, I knew some people had infertility, but for me, it was so easy to get pregnant. I was like, how is this even special? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you think of like, 16 and pregnant on MTV, yep, like yep. They, or 15 and pregnant. You think about that. Like, it's like, it's not anything special just because yeah. you're able to, it's so autopilot. Your body just yeah. does it. So it really, I didn't honor that just the, the journey mm. for myself. Like I mentioned, but you yeah. know, the fears of the body changes or it's, I couldn't really conceive of what it would be like to have a child. Mm. Like I just was like, this is something other people enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wasn't embracing the journey. And I think that there are, it ties back even to a bit of, um, uh, patriarchy. Like there mm, are yeah. so many things that we do to try to like chase down power or try to be yeah. more manly. I work in like a male dominated yeah. yeah. field. Like I hadn't, I had underestimated the, um, strength that would be required and that mm. could be drawn upon to yeah. Yeah. embark on a birth and mothering journey. Yeah. And yeah. there's some unique like a, a person with a uterus is the only person, the only people who can have a baby. Yeah, like, yeah, that's really special. And yeah. I just kind of skipped past that. Yeah. And so yeah. there was a lot that I didn't understand about the process. Yeah. And it's almost seemed like I knew I saw other people getting excited for their pregnancies. And it, you know, I was excited for parts of it. You know, it's not yeah. like I hated all of it, but it seemed like not me to embrace it for mm. whatever reason. <laughs> There are so now many I'm things just like yeah. now I'm just like, uh, like uh, what, such a missed opportunity, but yeah. anyway, so there was that redemption. Um, this round. <laughs> so I did not plan. Uh, I would say I did not embrace the, the idea or kind of the, the excitement around it other than like that. I just, it, what, it just seemed really foreign to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did not do a lot of birth education. I, okay. my doula gave me some training, which was like probably like eight hours okay. in person, which isn't nothing. Um, so thank yeah. goodness for that. Right. But I didn't yeah. like read any books. Um, okay. I didn't like take any classes, so I didn't really understand. I didn't know even like there's different approaches now. Yeah. Like people will do hypnobirthing yep. or they'll do, um, the Bradley they, method. Know, there's exactly. so many different, right. yeah, right. And I kind of knew about them, but I just did not engage yeah. in them. And then yeah. I did a little bit of like infant education. So at least I did like something, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. The, the birth part I didn't look into. I yeah. really just, you know, I looked at it. I was like 96% of people give birth in hospitals. Like, I don't yep. think I need anything special. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like I trust a doctor. The doctor was a person from my running group. Um, okay. So that was, she was somebody, I didn't know her well, but I was like, well, she'll understand my yeah. desire to be active during yeah. pregnancy. And then. I was kind of, I did hire a doula because people recommended it. Yeah. And I hired a doula who I loved, um, but ended up that I was like her first hospital birth. Mm, and okay, so okay. I think that contributed to some of the problems as yeah. well with both of our inexperiences. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, the actual birth went pretty 
had a long early labor. I okay. went nine, eight, nine days past my due date, which Oof. now I don't think I would be concerned about, but at yeah. the time was yeah. stressful. And it did lead to my first kind of like negative interaction with my mm-hmm. doctor. She yeah. was like, well, I think you should induce at five days mm-hmm. past your due date. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just this like confrontation. It's like, yeah. why? Like, why, why does this yeah. have to be a confrontation? Yeah. Like, it's literally so average for first time moms. Oh my gosh. Yes. By like a yes. significant amount. Yeah. Like, I think a week and yes. a day. Is yes. What it is. Yeah. It's like 41 weeks is the average. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I just like, yeah, I wish I hadn't stressed. I wish I wouldn't have, yeah, all these things. So we ended up, um, yeah, I, I was able to successfully fend off the medical industrial complex for induction. <laughs> and then, like, it wasn't even hard. I was like, hey, can I, will, how about, can we wait? And my doctor's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Great. It's like, like, so why, why did we have this conversation? <laughs> yeah, was this an A or B option the entire time? Or like, uh, I, I just have a lot of, uh, so yeah. <laughs> It's something I learned from dealing with running injuries is yeah. that doctors are not all knowing. Yeah. You're the authority on your own body. And yep. it's, I kind of, I, I think I didn't remember that for pregnancy and birth because the mm-hmm. whole area was so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, yep. So that was a, I wish that I would have like remembered that um, because that is something. Yeah. I think a lot of doctors, they're not going to like spend hours explaining yep. things to you. Yep. Things are not black and white to them yeah. either. Um, so it just wasn't, that's my main gripe though, is like dealing with hospitals, doctors, um, especially with birth, a process that, you know, can go pretty smoothly for yeah. a lot of people yeah. gets treated like this, like emergency situation yeah, a lot totally, of the time. Totally. Um, and then like patients are not like, if you want information about decisions, patients yeah. or, you know, people giving birth, you have to like really like dig in and ask for it. Yeah. It puts you in this position yeah. like of feeling like, like there's almost no way to win. Like you're either yeah, like a grumpy, yeah. like grumpy, like demanding patient yeah. or like you're going to get run over by yeah. whatever the hospital yeah. is going to do. Yeah. And in my case, I had the latter. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. long early labor, very, you know, what everybody says is you need to rest during early labor. Yeah. And I was really excited. And so I wasn't getting a lot of rest. I think yeah. I was up for sleeping on and off for like um, the first night Then I was at home and everything. Okay. So by the time I'd had about 24 hours of early labor with steady contractions that weren't going away, but yeah. also we're not getting much closer together after yeah. they were like six minutes apart. Yeah. So like 24 yeah. hours. Okay. Okay. So that was, you know, I had an okay day the next day. It wasn't terrible. I was, I did a little bit of work. I took a bath. I went to get some acupuncture yeah. for a walk, got some coffee, like yeah. got some dinner. Not too bad. By dinner time, I was to the point where I was having to like stand up. We were eating dinner. I was having to if I had a contraction, I would have to stand up from the table, let yeah. it pass, and then I could sit back down and back keep down. my food. Yeah. Yeah. And it was normal in between. And then um, sometime through that evening, I called the OB and she was like, Well, if you've been having them for that long, you know, if it's getting more intense, you can go ahead yeah. and come in, which sounded good to me at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I called my doula. And as soon as my doula got to the house, like the contraction slowed and spread out again to gotcha. 10 minutes, which is not unusual. Yeah. Tried to sleep, couldn't get some sleep that night. So we ended up going to the hospital. I think I put the breast pump on and the contractions did get more intense. Okay. And they finally okay. hit this mark of a four, one, one, which is okay. for contraction yep. for four minutes apart. Okay. Get long for at least one hour. Yep. And so that is more of a definition of active yeah. labor. Yeah. What I didn't know at the time, I learned this from a Bradley book later, you know, the, the contractions are part of active labor, but it's also like, how does the person giving birth feel? Yeah. And the Bradley book defines it as emotional signposts of mm-hmm. labor. 
And what they say is if you're like, okay, in between the contractions and you're like, ha ha, like laughing at jokes, chilling, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're probably not in active labor. Gotcha. And so even though I hit that 411 pattern and the contractions themselves were requiring yeah. a little bit of focus, position changes, yeah. the in-between was still totally fine. Okay. Yeah. You're and like so, happy and feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the hospital in that condition. Uh, by this point, I think it was like 3 AM, which is just like a terrible idea. Like pull an all nighter before you give birth. Like, <laughs> yes, it is awful. That a, That's awful. Not that I had a lot of choice, but like there are more restful things I could have been doing. Yeah. Probably could have gotten back in a bath. Like yeah. maybe had my husband like do more back rub or something. Yeah. I don't know, but, um, triage, you know, is one centimeter dilated. Yep. And they were like, well, we don't really want you to, you know, be admitted, but we also don't want you to leave because you're yeah. nine days over at this point. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> go. So we were able to get my doctor in because it was her night shift. And um, just in the triage room, I think I got the breast pump back on for a little bit. Okay. And then my water broke and then things did um, pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I got up to like a three or something and they said, okay, like, let's go to, let's go to a room. Yeah. So I think that was around 5.00 AM. And then that was where it did what, <laughs> that's when it was active labor. Yeah. It was yeah. requiring all focus. And at yeah. the time, um, you know, I know this isn't scientifically how birth works, but it felt like the contractions were back to back. Like I don't remember yeah. feeling breaks or relief yeah. to me. It yeah. was just like pure intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of disheartening because I knew that I wasn't very far in yet. Yeah. And, um, mm. Uh, but just couldn't get comfortable. Like yeah. the shower was like no hot water in the shower. Like oh. I think I labored oh. that way for like, for like an hour. And then it was like, okay, like epidural sounds fine for now. Yeah. And I hadn't, I hadn't planned on being unmedicated. Yeah. So I was like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, once I got an epidural, everything changed. Um, yeah. the pain did go away, but the birth experience went from this, like, you know, it wasn't like it was great before. Like it was very yeah. primal, very dark. Um, it had been dark outside. Yeah. Like um, I felt alone, even though I had to support people pretty close yeah. by with my husband and my doula. Um, but then after the epidural, it was like, okay, like you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. Now it's, now it's doctor yeah. time. Yeah. And so I will say, um, you know, I'm sure they followed every protocol that was appropriate yeah. with the yeah. continuous fetal monitoring and the IV and the mm-hmm. epidural, like epidural was fine. Took the pain away. They came quickly. Um, and I went to sleep, which yeah. sounded like a good plan. Yeah. Um, and so this is the part where I don't know if this, I think this is just like bad luck. Um, I just, mm-hmm. um, Helene started having heart rate decelerations yeah. and the problem there's something, you know, sometimes you can like change positions yep. and that can yep. help. You're a little bit less mobile, limited yeah. with an epidural, but yeah. I was like asleep. So nobody was telling me what was going on. Oh my gosh. And oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even think nobody, of that. I think they were kind of telling my husband, maybe a little bit. He said there was like doctors, nurses with concern looks on their faces. And yeah, I was awake for the first, the first episode, but I was just like, didn't know what was going on. They yeah. were like, yeah. baby's not too happy. So I was just like, like, sure, whatever. Okay. Like, <laughs> so that happened. I never found this out until later. Like when I requested my records, yeah. that happened, I think at least two more times over the course of the next few hours. Okay. But my experience of it and what's, what was difficult, I realized later talking to my doula, I don't think they were like really cluing her in either, mm, which makes her job so really tough. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And to advocate husband, for you. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I, I don't even think we really knew what fetal decelerations meant. Yep. Um, yep. All we had kind of was like, there's, you know, like a kind of question asking rubric you can use yeah. the brain rubric. I think it's like, what's the benefits? What's the risk? Yeah. What's the alternatives? Yeah. 
what happens if we wait what happens if we do nothing yeah um and so I was like well if anything comes up we'll just do brain and what happened is I got woken up from my my epidural slumber and there was a new doctor who mine had gone home because it was night yeah it was she had worked like 14 hours you know yeah new doctor and she's like hi I'm this doctor and you need a c-section oh and I was goodness. like what like what's going yeah. on and it just everything's so fast mm-hmm. and so like freaky and I was like okay I mean I guess we're doing this like I felt like crying and I couldn't even like get yeah. the tears out because it was just so fast and my doula yeah. was like can, can we like can we wait like at least can we slow things down that's kind of yeah. their their last resort yeah. is they yeah. were like let's slow things down and yeah. they said we'll give you five minutes and it was like the room cleared Five out. Minutes. <laughs> the room cleared out and they were back in two. And oh you know, it's gosh. just like the C-section uh. prep. There's like five, six people buzzing around. Like you're like a NASCAR yeah. or something and like yeah. getting everything ready. I did feel like I was in good hands. And yeah, in the surgery, there was like one, you know, there's like eight people in the room or something. There was like yeah. one person there who was like observing and everybody else were, uh, they were all women. So yeah. I felt like I was on like the Amazons, like Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was positive. Yeah. And I yeah. was able to like, like laying there like, what's the music playing right now? Cause it was like playing ads and it was like on the local radio. So I made yes. them change the radio. Station yes. To yes. I wanted to listen to <laughs> just like so powerless in that moment. Yeah. Just, I was like grasping anything, anything. So, um, and the drugs made me really loopy. So I was yeah. able to kind of like hold on like mentally until she was born. Yeah. And, um, they did bring her to my chest. Uh, after a few minutes, which was really special. Um, it was a picture of support, you know, I couldn't hold her on with my own hands because I was shaking so much, but it's like, I have a picture where it's like my hands and then like Jake's hands on top of me. And then there's like somebody else's like, I don't know, anesthesiologist or somebody, their hand on top of his. It's all this like teamwork to make this moment happen. And that meant a lot to me that the hospital did um, prioritize that. Yeah. So after that, I didn't really, I think the physical trauma was, um, I mean, I guess my pain meds were good or something. Yeah. I didn't really, I, I didn't know what a regular birth was like. Yeah. So to yeah. me, that was kind of all I knew. It wasn't, it didn't feel that bad. I yeah. was just kind of like, that was weird. Like what, like, why yeah, do I feel happened? bad? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know why I feel bad, but I do, but yeah. I just, you know, you have a newborn and yeah, more to focus on. Yeah. So you're I like, it, that's where your attention goes. Yeah. So it wasn't like this overwhelming, crushing yeah. sense of trauma or disappointment. It was definitely like not something it didn't feel good it didn't feel right but I was like okay I have other stuff going on right now and I'm gonna work on this for now and thankfully my newborn fourth trimester newborn period was like Mm. very very good Um, Good. she was able to nurse without problems um like that was that was really healing that made me feel like something my body was doing right yeah and like it was something it just, I got lucky, I guess, again, like some, yeah. some people get a lot of pain with breastfeeding yeah. and I didn't. Yeah. So that made awesome. it easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, spent a couple of days in the hospital food was really good. And, um, Jake was ordering me food one time and he ordered like this plate of pasta that I wanted. <laughs> and then he was like, Oh, it comes with sides. And he goes, yeah, she'll have a side of mac and cheese. And I was like, Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> I got like a spaghetti bolognese with a side of mac and cheese. To run her meal. <laughs> Give us all the carbs. Yeah. Well, I had had heartburn the whole pregnancy, <sighs> so it was finally gone. And I was like, yeah. like um, so it went, went, went well. And yeah. um, I think it wasn't until maybe, uh, I mean, I tried to journal about the experience. Yeah. So I would journal about the experience. I would start 
feeling more emotional about it. And yeah. still, I just didn't understand. I was like, why do I feel bad about this? Yeah. Like everything is C-section is not uncommon. Like yeah. it's one out of three yeah. births and I didn't have any complications yeah. other than, I mean, recovering from a surgery sucked, but like, I didn't have like, um, infection or anything. Yeah. And like, you know, I also didn't have any, like any of the pelvic like mm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. recovery that no a vaginal birth yeah. has to go yeah. through. So like, I was like, really, it wasn't that bad. Right. I mean, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't take a full fully extended step while walking for like yeah. several weeks. That was kind of like freaky, but yeah. Yeah. got better. And I was in pelvic floor PT by that point. So yeah. we were able to work on things, but, um, so it was really a journey, I think probably from like maybe four months postpartum until about a year was like the okay. worst mental part of that recovery, yeah. because I did start to piece together what had happened and yeah. requested my birth records from the hospital, which is really yeah. interesting. I finally got more educated, like reading more books. Yeah. Like I read the Bradley book at four yeah. months and yeah, I was able to see, you know, started consuming a lot more like birth content on Instagram. Yeah. I was able to see, um, there's bias in a lot of yeah. birth content. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like a, For sure. A Bradley, a Bradley book's very anti-hospital. Yeah, um, yeah. I tried not to let myself just totally, I try not to totally give myself over to it yeah. because yeah. I don't think that doctors and hospitals mean to do anything yes. wrong. Um, yes. for the most part, like, I think there's really good doctors out yeah, there. Totally. Like, really good nurses. And, it, it all the rhetoric around like anti-hospital, anti-medical did not sit well with me in totally. contrast with, um, you know, the, our healthcare heroes who have been sustaining us yeah. and risking their oh my lives gosh, the for pandemic. sure. Right. You're like, but I finally was like, you know, this is different than COVID like pregnancy and birth is different than yeah. COVID. It's not a sickness. And yep. I just don't think hospitals and doctors are set up to care yeah. for pregnant people in a way. I mean, maybe finally, you know, I realized this when I was like at the gym and I was like, why are you so looking in the mirror, like doing some exercise? It's like, why are you so extra? Like, why do you care so much about birth? Like all these other people don't care. They're able to have like worse births and they're able to get over it. Like, what's your problem? And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like that, that wasn't good enough for me. That experience wasn't good enough for me. Maybe I am extra and I want, like, I want to feel better about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. I think I just thought birth would be like, it was just seemed so, I've used this word a few times, so foreign. I also just yeah. thought it would be, it's just kind of this thing. A lot of people do it. I thought it would be like yeah. a high school graduation or something. <laughs> where like, but like, but with pain. Yeah. That's yeah, what you yeah. think about when you say what yes, is birth, you say pain. And then I'm like, well, I'll get an epidural. <sighs> like it's like, <laughs> done, fall. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, I just didn't realize that it would affect me at such a personal core level. And yeah, I think what yeah. that is, is when a lot of people feel traumatized from birth, um, it's a very vulnerable experience. Yeah. And in my case, like the people that I trusted to take care of me were also not super empowered. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just tired and out of it would be from the yep. get go, which was not yep. helpful. Yep. So I was not empowered. And then the people around me were also mm-hmm. due to their kind of education and experience, like Jake and my doula, yep. not the most empowered. And yep. Like, I think just that plus a little bad luck of the fetal D cells, yeah. the early labor, like it just wasn't, it probably yeah. wasn't going to work out great. And I just felt like the people I trusted didn't take care of me. Yeah. And yeah. that was where it was yep. so disappointing. Yeah. And it is, I will say like, I'm with you where I'm not anti-hospital, like hospitals serve a purpose. And a lot of those doctors mm-hmm. are great, but it mm-hmm. is interesting, you know, from my perspective and talking, I've talked to so many moms about this, like mm-hmm. just like a hospital is set up 
like a business and it's set mm-hmm. up like even the doctors are kind of put at a disadvantage where it's like they're looking for problems and mm-hmm. they're just looking to make sure something bad doesn't happen versus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there are other ways like versus us seeing it as a way like birth is natural this is part of life like this is just we've done this for centuries, you know, for all of humanity, we've given birth and we've mm-hmm. done it successfully without intervention yet in the hospital scene, they're just so afraid of something happening that they act, you know, and like, you don't, as, as the mom, sometimes you really don't feel like you have much control or power in that situation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's hard. I think, you know, I don't, I don't think you're being extra <laughs> at all. I think you're just <laughs> like, Hey, I, I felt kind of powerless in that situation. And right you should be empowered when you're giving birth. It should be an experience that you feel like, you know, I think a lot of women feel that way. Like I didn't have any control or power in this Mm -hmm. situation and felt like I got kind of taken advantage of. So, Mm -hmm. you know, right. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're alone in that. (laughs) You know, I don't think that's extra. I think you're human and you, you, you care, (laughs) you care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you think that experience has affected your process moving forward in this birth, you know, with Mm -hmm. your, your second baby. Mm -hmm. Well, I say this to all the runners I know, because I think they can relate Um, when they finish, when you finish a marathon, you know, or maybe a half marathon, Mm -hmm. it's like your first thought is, Oh my God, I'm so tired. The second thought is like, is like, I can do better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. When can I sign up for another race? I love it as like a coach or a run, you know, like a, even an athlete might have enough insight to say that that's not the best idea to just yeah. immediately turn around and go sign up for another <laughs> yeah, race. Yeah. I felt that with birth. Um, I did always want to have a second kid. If I had yeah. one, I knew that I wanted to have yeah. a sibling for this kid and uh, kind of just went off like, like, well, it, you know, minimum kind of spacing of pregnancies advisable is like a year. Yeah. So went off of that and, uh, there was a kind of a rough patch. A lot of it related to the birth trauma and just Mm -hmm. becoming, you know, a new, a new person, um, as a mom, a rough patch with my husband and our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a really great teamwork related to parenting, but we kind of lost sight of ourselves Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And so there had to be kind of around like eight, nine months, we started couples therapy. Okay. And that was really helpful. And so yeah, for a while awesome. I was like, I don't know if we should have a second kid or not. <laughs> um, but we got on some more solid footing. Yeah. And so I think at 13 months postpartum, we were like, let's do it. And yeah. got pregnant the first month. Um, Dang. Amazing. So that was kind of a nice, like, uh, yeah. that was kind of a nice, I felt good about that, even though I couldn't get my body in shape to run or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, well, this was another thing I wanted to yep. do with it. And my body yep. was like, sure. So that yep. was really fortunate. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So the um, first experience, yeah, kind of affected, I would say probably accelerated the timeline a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The, the birthdays of the kids will be 20, I think 22 months. Apart. Oh yeah. So that's yeah. Almost, almost two, two years. years. So it's great. Like, and I didn't know, obviously I didn't know it was going to work the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> You're yeah. like, Oh, um, so uh, the speed kind of, and then, yeah, I mean, even from, even before I got pregnant though, I was like, I think I want to do a home birth instead yeah, or a birth yeah. outside of a hospital. Yeah. And that was a daunting prospect. And it still yeah. is. I still feel like I'm just walking around the world with like a giant, like, you know, amount of hubris of like, ha ha ha, I can birth unmedicated yeah, after, yeah. Like, after laboring for like, basically 
one hour of active labor without an epidural last time. But like <laughs> you had like how many hours of early labor? I had a long early, probably like 30 like, hours or something. I mean, that's so, you know, exhausting. Yeah. Like, right. Right. I'm like, I mean, hopefully it's easier. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have more tools this time. I yes. think it'll be different. And I mean, it'll be different regardless. Like, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah. So just try to get more educated about, um, um, like birth stories from people who had home births and mm-hmm. like, like, uh, more like, are there, are there risks affiliated with yeah. home birth? Um, like how do people, how do other people make that decision? Yeah. And yeah. it just started seeming more and more normal. Um, I yeah. just got more comfortable with the process of birth. Like now when I open my Instagram app, I swear it's like every other time I open it, it's like a picture of just like a baby crowning, like cropped, <laughs> yes. cropped, zoomed in of like a woman's thighs. It's just yes. like full on, like unshaved pubic hair. Like, yeah, yeah. and that used to be like, oh, that's gross. And yeah, like yeah. now I'm like, if there's like, there's like, I don't know, like the water breaking and there's like fluid splashing. I'm like, cool. I know. And it's like, so there's, fascinating. There's pictures of like placentas where yep. the person is like explaining like the bilobe placenta yep. the different membranes on it. Like prior to this, I would not, you know, exposing myself to that yeah. media. I would, I would have been also like somewhat uncomfortable, but now yeah. I'm like, it's amazing. It is. It's so, so cool. Um, got more comfortable with the idea. Um, and then pretty early on, probably like six weeks on for the, the pregnancy, I started looking at providers because I yeah. knew that I wanted to, I really needed to have like strong, um, midwife and doula yes. yeah. providers. And so I spent like, I spent some time interviewing people and kind of putting out inquiries and stuff. And yeah. I wanted to book them in case they got booked because sometimes yeah. they do. Yeah. So, so fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got all that kind of locked down and I had done some research before, so it wasn't super, it wasn't too hard. I kind of already yeah. knew what I wanted and who I was looking at. Um, so that's my main thing. I'm going yeah. to do a childbirth class, nice. um, which I think is birthing from within, within. Uh, yep. which yep. I think I've heard possibly is kind of maybe branch off and put me over. I think I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it, I think it's similar. It's very, I mean, I think honestly, a lot of them are pretty similar. Like we did hypnobirthing. Um, and it's all, you know, like, you know, learning to use your like power of your mind to like relax your body essentially, like, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. remind yourself like you, it's not going to be easy, but you are in control and can be Mm -hmm. confident giving birth. So yeah, I've heard great. Yeah. 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 I have too. So yeah, I think we'll do that for a class. Um, nice. which might still be remote, unfortunately. Yeah, that's an how Austin I was instructor, but yeah, that was, was. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it's probably better, and Jake's Jake wanted to do remote, so it'll be a yeah. little bit easier. Yeah, and I then, will say it's nice for like the traveling because our class was mm-hmm. two and a half hours, so it's mm-hmm. nice just to like sit on our couch and not have to mm-hmm. get up and leave. And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this is kind of helpful. Well, I guess especially if you're planning on birthing at home. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, you might as well. That is your environment, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll do that. Um, and then I think that's the main kind of, I've been going to my midwife appointments instead of seeing an OB. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so yep. they're at her house and it's like the first day I walked up to her house, she had like a little lab corp, like metal box on her. Yeah. Like, yes. like, she does that's like blood, blood samples. Yeah. Like, I guess people like come and some company comes and picks it up for her. Yeah. Yep. I was like, all right, this is, this is official. This is good. <laughs> it's like, so, I mean, you were so little. I guess we don't do urine tests, but yeah. um, like all those prenatal appointments, I think it's the same amount that I would have to do with an OB anyway, yeah. which it's like, whatever, but it's more than I wanted to do, but perhaps necessary. Um, It's just like, it's a lot more, it's more relaxed. Um, yeah. 
you know, we just like sit on her porch and like complain about Texas politics. And then, like, <laughs> after, like, after 45 minutes, they're like, all right, you want to do blood pressure in the Doppler? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's do it. So um, yeah, that's kind of, it's, I guess, getting to know each other is yeah. The, yeah. part of that process. Because, yeah. Um, that's the, the main, the main yeah. difference. So I did get a sonogram for the or okay. ultrasound yeah. for a 20 week scan. Yep. Um, yep. And we we're able to find out sex. So another yeah. girl. Oh, congrats. So, so thank you. Aww. Yeah. So girl party all the time. So yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear more about your experience. Um, we've enjoyed the midwife experience a lot. I'm really so, glad. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's it definitely is like going on bed rest and we were like, oh my gosh, we might not have a home birth. It's a little freaky. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like the whole point of all of this is to prep yourself for whatever situation happens. And I was absolutely, like, you know, like that was something I really liked about yeah. the birthing from within. Um, yeah. is it was like, the point is cultivating resilience Yes, so that you're able to kind of handle whatever yep. gets thrown yep. at you. Yeah. Cause you never know just there's life and your, your baby's mm-hmm. important. And so are you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. there needs to be intervention. So yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just excited for, for you in that process. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Are there any like words of wisdom you feel like you could give to like new mamas or mamas to be out there who maybe have had a traumatic birth experience or are on their way to giving birth and are nervous, mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. that you would encourage them with? Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I did such a bad job the first time. Like, I don't think other people have done quite as bad of a job as I did. Like I had a friend tell me we were like running together. She's, she was pretty pregnant at the time. And she's like, I think my education level currently before her first is, is what yours is now. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Which I haven't Uh, talked to her. She she had the baby. I haven't talked to her. Okay. Okay. I think she said it went fairly well, Um, but (laughs) I'm just like, damn. so funny. Uh, Smackdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was stuff like yeah. know, my sister. My sister even was like, "Hey, why don't you check out a Bradley class?" Yeah, yeah. But it was like third trimester, so I felt like I didn't have time. Yeah. She also even suggested like, "Why don't you join a Facebook group with yeah. other moms, yeah. like yeah. with similar due dates?" And like at the time, I just kind of brushed her off. Yeah. And it's part of that not identifying with like mom culture yeah. yet yeah. or something. Yeah. So even you know, people did tell me like resources yeah. and stuff. I just didn't yeah. listen. So yeah, uh, I don't know if I can offer. <laughs> much advice in that area but I would say listening to birth stories yeah is good um, like on podcast yeah. Um, yeah. birth hour down to birth um those are good ones and then yeah consuming Instagram has been helpful for me yeah. Yeah. um I guess it's like yeah I would say take a childbirth class yeah whatever class you take probably not one offered by the hospital yeah um, I would take one that's kind of outside for less of a bias I think yeah. birthing in a hospital is probably like fine yeah, I think it can be fine yeah, for a lot of totally, people. Just totally. Um, probably like there's just different challenges that you might yep. encounter. Yep. Um, totally. So I don't know, Joe. I feel like you've done. People should be taking <laughs> oh, advice from you, know. not from me. <laughs> no. So, oh, everyone. Being, I wish I had an answer to because I think I could have, if I would have been able to identify with that birthing person yeah. inside of me, mm. I think I would have been able to handle the the tactical yeah. take a class read yeah. this book. Like yeah. that wouldn't have been a problem, but yeah. I couldn't connect to the reasoning for, for yeah. why I would do that. And so I just didn't do it. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, that's what I'm like. I don't know how you would connect to your inner birthing self, like, like inner mother yeah. before you're a mom. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe spend time with other people's babies or something like maybe <laughs> yeah. more or just, I had, 
I mean, even like, I don't think I had asked friends for the birth story. Yeah. Yet maybe I talked to a few people, but a lot of people were like very positive. Yeah. Even like my own, my mom who's had four kids and all different kinds of births. Like I thought I knew her birth stories, but after I had my own, we like went back and I was like, we talked again. Yeah. And I was like so much more detail that I just didn't catch the first time. So totally. I don't know, but for a second time person, if you're, (laughs) you also like me experience birth trauma, I would say, you know, even if you don't feel comfortable with the term birth trauma, like I didn't for a long time, I was like, well, it wasn't that bad or we weren't like permanently injured or whatever. Um, I would say like examine that in yourself and like be okay with being like, yeah, that would just like, maybe you don't want to call it trauma, but you can be like, that experience made me feel bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some of it was my fault for not educating, but like some of it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And, um, for me, it was helpful just to like piece through the timeline of what happened with like the pictures, the birth records. Um, and I just kept like, we talked about it, not really in my therapy, my personal therapy, because my personal therapist just immediately affirmed everything I was feeling. And yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. Um, but we, it came up for us in our couples therapy a okay. lot. And okay. it was like more of like what I was feeling was wanting to be seen and wanting to be yeah. affirmed by yeah. my husband for kind of mm. no matter yeah. what, yeah. no matter how weak I was or no matter how sad yeah. I was. And so you can do some of that, some of that you have to affirm for yourself too. Yep. And, totally. um, that's, that was a process. I also read a book about trauma called the body keeps the score. Mm, that was like yep. interesting. It's a big um, one. So I just kind of, wherever my interests were like read yeah. some more birth books, even before I was pregnant, wherever my interests were leading, um, I just kept following that. Oh, I also yeah. did. I haven't done this as much lately, but for a while I was reading um, either fiction or memoirs nice. um, about the postpartum experience. Okay. Okay. So that was like, that was interesting. Kind of like putting it yeah. in context because there are even if my friends or, you know, in particular, like a lot of what I had consumed was like running moms yeah. Yeah. who had been writing on Instagram. It's yeah. not their fault. Like Instagram is like, it's got like yep. a character limit on yep. each post. You're just not yep. going to get a lot of detail. Yep. Totally. Um, so that was helpful for like, just putting more context around the experience yeah. of like the broad experience. Here is what a lot of women or people yeah. experience. Yeah. And so yeah. the memoirs and the, the fiction helped me do yeah. that as well. And you know, honestly realized like a lot of these things were not that bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> not to not to minimize it for myself. Yeah. Because there still isn't a lot about like birth that I found. That mostly yeah. like people talk about their postpartum experience, like postpartum uh mental health was yeah was uh, yeah. Like, depression was really big yeah. in those stories. And I guess that's like that's who writes books because yeah. like if you just had like a decent hunky dory time, you're not gonna write a book about it. <laughs> but um sometimes they talk about birth and kind of yeah. birth being like the kickoff for yeah. it. And so yeah. that was somewhat healing yeah. as well. Yeah. And there are books about healing birth trauma. I yeah. just haven't specifically read it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then there's also so like therapists you, you can go to specifically for birth trauma. Mm, that's or cool. For trauma. That's cool. Yeah. Um, which again is something I might still try to do before Helene, the second kid. Um, yeah. Just to see if there's like any fear, yeah. fear to release. Yeah. Don't yeah. Into it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I think honestly, you know, I know you're like, I was so and you know, like not prepared. Mm-hmm. I think that's so many women. I think most mm-hmm. women don't read the ton of books, don't have the resources mm-hmm. to actually like dive into this stuff. And like, I mean, even for me personally, like if I didn't have people advocating for me already, like my midwife or like other people that I've seen had good birth experiences, 
I probably wouldn't be in the same boat. I'd probably just be like, I don't know what to do. I'm just like, you're pregnant. This is what every woman does. Like, yes, cool. Like you take, so like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel Mm -hmm. like you're not the only one out there who's been in that boat. Like, yeah, like that's actually the majority of people and the education piece is just like, it's hard. And there's so much out there too, to consume. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you even choose? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have someone who knows, like giving you advice on what to choose and what to read, it's hard. So yeah. 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 Well, thanks. Yeah. I do think if I would have had an experience of what I consider more typical, like, yeah, say I would have had that epidural and we just didn't have the fetal heart rate details. Cause that's just kind of like, I believe it was because I was laying down and yeah. the baby was like malpositioned, yeah. but yeah. you wouldn't know that before you got the epidural and yeah. laid down. Yeah. Um, so say, you know, I got an epidural and nothing bad happened and I, you know, labored down for a few hours and they woke me up and it was time to push. And I pushed yeah. and had like a grade two tear and we yeah. went home two days later. You know, I think if I would have had a typical experience, I would not have yeah. come out of it with the desire or this like fire, yeah. honestly, to yeah. change and do something yeah. different next time. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm really grateful for the experience yeah. because it has um, affected me so profoundly on a personal level mm-hmm. about kind of what I believed about like, am I a strong person? Yeah. Is my yeah. body capable? Like having yeah. to like try to really answer those questions and come yeah. up with a narrative, a new one yeah. has been so fascinating. Um, mm, that's cool. And so that's why I am grateful for the struggle, even yeah. though it was yeah. so difficult for those few months after. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Taking something from it, you know, and yeah. helping other Finally. women in the process. You know, I hope so. Yes. The temptation is just to shout it from the rooftop. Yeah. Like, and it's, I just—it's not appropriate to like throw your trauma at other people. So yeah, yeah, it's difficult. But I've tried to be tactful. Yeah, I mean <laughs> stuff like this, people can yeah. choose to listen to or not. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like there's only been a, there's only been a couple people who I was really like. My sister-in-law had a baby like six yeah. months after me. I was like, okay, listen, I wish somebody would have warned. Yeah, and yeah. she was she seemed to respect that story, yeah. which was helpful. Yeah. And she's thankfully her birth was much more typical hospital. Yeah, yeah. went no complaints. Um, and then I've had a couple other friends since yeah. then. I don't think I've had anyone who reports the same dissatisfaction yeah. <laughs> that I did, but, um, I don't know. I've had people, a couple of people said they were like, wow, it's, it's good that you're working through this. It's yeah. honestly probably something I should do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That made me feel good because I thought I was like weak for like one of my answers and like hearing that, that it was something like some people didn't even feel like they could even start the process. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh, maybe that did take some bravery. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people it is, I mean, C-sections are so normal in the hospital nowadays. Right. That right. I think a lot of women don't even like give themselves permission to like, say like, mm-hmm. Hey, I actually wish this would have been different. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm just trusting these people. And this is what it did. And it's like what you've told yourself, like, well, this is, it could be worse. You know? <laughs> right. You know, right. when in reality it's like, well, if you look at the stats, like C-sections are five, three to 5% at home births and 30% in the mm-hmm. hospitals. And like, mm-hmm. right. so like there, there is a, that's information that like, okay, this is much more common in the hospital settings. And why is that? And like, you know, mm-hmm. it just gets your brain thinking and like knowing like, okay, you're not the only one who's probably having these questions, but maybe doesn't know how to articulate it, you know? So yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's fascinating (laughs) and I'm appreciating Mm -hmm. that you're sharing. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, I appreciate your time so much. I know we went kind of long, but, um, you know, the last question I always like to ask, because 
I'm a runner and a nutritionist and I love food. What's your favorite mm-hmm. food? And mm-hmm. what's, what's been like your favorite food in pregnancy? Has that changed? Oh, I was immediately going to go to pregnancy. So <laughs> yeah, first pregnancy, I had a thing for, this happened both times actually. That's but, so funny. Um, it was like tomato based, um, foods. So like Ooh. tomato soup, tomato sauce, um, like yeah. V8, just like okay. a, I cannot get enough. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, I can get enough. That's like, awesome. I'm not having like tomato stuff like once a yeah, day yeah. or anything, but, uh, or over once a day. Um, yeah. but uh, any soup in general okay. has been pretty satisfying yeah, this pregnancy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, in last pregnancy, I was really into gummy candy and oh, I funny. always like, I always like gummy candy and yeah, I always yeah, like yeah. tomato soup. Like those are things I like of outside yeah, of pregnancy, yeah, yeah. but like inside of pregnancy, it's like, they just, and I don't even know if I experienced the craving in the sense yeah. that you're just like, gotta have it. Yeah. But like when I do have it, it's like extra satisfying. Uh, yes. So it's like a yes. superpower of like being yes. able to enjoy food even more. So totally that's uh that's the recent thing and then I think in general a favorite food I love mac and cheese um I love it from a box I love it homemade and fancy it's all (laughs) good and then like mix in some yogurt if you're making the box mix is really good Ooh, that's Um, smart make it creamier tang yeah yeah a little mustard sometimes Mm. um it's yeah those are those are probably pretty top overall I love it I love it. Oh, that's so great. Okay, Kate. Well, thank you so much for just sharing more of your story. And I know, I know there are women out there who have struggled, I've heard it from Mm -hmm. them and you're not alone in this. And I appreciate you sharing. And I hope that this impacts someone out there. Um, but yeah, thanks again for being here and I'll be rooting for you during this second pregnancy. Well, Hey, back at you, ma'am. Yes. A few more weeks. So I'm really excited for you as well. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for coming. Thanks again for tuning in to Fueled to Thrive. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today with Kate. Kate is such a sweet woman and I just love her vulnerability around her birth story. I hope that some of you out there who may be struggling or recovering from a traumatic birth story feel encouraged and confident that there can be hope and redemption on the other side and that there is healing. Just remember there are resources out there for any sorts of trauma or any sort of mental health issue such as counselors, psychologists, there's therapy available. If you have any further questions about that, don't hesitate to reach out. You can always find more at thriveperformance.com. Thanks for tuning in.